Hi and welcome back to The Crime Pod. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sam. Today we are looking at a case that was actually recommended to us by one of our listeners, which only took place four years ago. This is the story of the murder of Paige Doherty. Our story begins on the 18th of March 2016, when a 15-year-old girl, Paige, went to stay at one of her friends' house. Now, Paige was born on the 17th of April 2000. She lived with her mum, stepdad, her little sister and her two younger brothers. Paige was four foot eight, which I would say is quite small for a 15-year-old girl. Or maybe not yeah. small, it was just, it's not an average height. She had a very petite build, she was quite slim, and she had dyed dark brown hair. So Paige was a typical teenager. She was always on her phone, she loved social media, she loved makeup, doing her hair, hanging out with her friends. She was just a normal teenage girl. She was just a normal teenage girl. On the evening of Friday, March the 18th, 2016, Paige went to go and sleep over at a friend Lauren's house. And she left early on a Saturday morning to go to her part-time job, which was in a hairdresser's. Now, the hairdresser's was about a 20-minute bus journey away, and her friend actually lived really close to her, so she went to the same bus stop that she would always go to. Next to the bus stop was a row of five different shops, and she would always stop into one of these and get a roll for her breakfast on the bus or to grab some stuff for her lunch. So she decided to go into the deli that morning and get something. Paige had a boyfriend called Dylan. And I'm, I don't actually know how long they were together, but they seemed like an absolutely loved up couple. Do you know that when you're like 15, you're all like, they're the oh, best thing the that best could ever thing happen. In the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So about midday, Dylan hasn't heard anything from Paige, which he says wasn't like her. And as you mentioned earlier, she's a 15-year-old girl. She's always on her phone. She'd be up before him, so she'd text him saying morning and that she was going to work. But he realises that he hasn't heard anything from her, which is a bit out of character for Paige. So he decides to do what like any caring boyfriend would do and he actually calls her work just to check, look, did she arrive okay? Is she maybe not there? And that's when Paige's boss says that Paige actually never turned up for work that morning. So he's obviously a bit like, well, this is definitely not right. So he phones Pamela, which is Paige's mum, who also hasn't heard from Paige that morning, which she says she gets a text from Paige every morning to say she's either arrived at work or... Like, especially when she's at a friend's to say she made it into work okay. Like, I would do that if I stayed over somewhere. My mum would be like, please text me to make sure you've actually woke up and gone to work. Yeah, um, absolutely. So Pam... And they were apparently best, kind of best pals. They had that mother-friendship relationship that some mother and daughters have. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, they yeah. were really close. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's the thing. So her mum hadn't heard from me either. But her mum had been coming up with like logical excuses, you know, like, oh, maybe she's forgot her charger or maybe she has slept in and she's just ran and got the bus and hasn't even thought to text. Or so maybe she was on the phone. I've done that where I've phoned a friend on the way to work and then actually just put my phone straight away and then been like, oh, I've not texted anybody. So they all had their kind of reasonings from why they thought they hadn't heard from Paige. But obviously, once the boyfriend has raised this kind of concern, the mum also starts to feel concerned. And that's when they check to see if Paige had been on social media which she hadn't. And that's when they realised that something wasn't right and they decided to call the police. So the police arrived at the home and they went to speak with her mum and her stepdad. Whilst the police were talking to them, her friends and her boyfriend and other family members, they were posting all over social media to check to see if anyone had seen seen her or if they'd been with her. 
However, mm-hmm. by tea time, Paige still wasn't home, which was extremely unlike her. So by that time, the police and a voluntary search went ahead. They searched the local and surrounding areas for Paige all the way into the Sunday morning. Yeah, because um, we've I think we've only ever had like I've only ever seen like one of these happen. And it is crazy how people can just walk and walk and not stop for hours. Exactly, and the whole community they they come together. Mm-hmm. Like I've only Especially seen one the area as well. Where she lived. Yeah, yeah, I think we'd obviously we probably saw the same one. But, um, <laughs> saw the same one. <laughs> yeah, I won't have that. In. But um, yeah, like from a small, like as she said, she was from a small area, so it's not like you know we're in Edinburgh, we're the capital. It's it's a very big place. Whereas she was from a small town that everybody knew each other. Um. So, but they were all they were all together and stuff for hours and hours and hours. But by the time Sunday morning came, there was still no sign of her. There was still no word from her. And she still hadn't been active on social media. So this is when alarm bells well and truly start to ring. One of the first things that I always think of when I hear about somebody missing is the possibility of them running away. But I read that this wasn't really focused on due to the fact she was from such a loving home and due to the fact there had never been any issues at home. And also, you know, when people go missing if they have run away they always tell somebody or they still have their phone whereas due to the fact nobody had heard from Paige and by this point even if you hadn't she told you not to you'd probably come forward so the police did consider it but I don't think it was something that was looked into much at all. So yeah you are completely right the police did however rule it out from the beginning but obviously it was it still wasn't off of the table Um, because other theories were being looked into at the time. So during this time when the police investigation started, um, a Facebook group called Help Find Page that was set up in her name. So her face was posted everywhere, all over social media. And as you know, especially in 2016 and and now in the future, once something goes on social media, if you want thousands of people to see it, they will see it. Yeah, definitely. And some of the stuff that were posted were so helpful as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and thousands and thousands of people saw her face online, and they even Pamela even posted photos of her clothes that she was wearing that morning, mm-hmm. which is perfect. That's exactly what you want when you're looking mm-hmm. for someone, because yeah, definitely, exactly. And they posted her route that she would have taken to work. So, and this was this wasn't just a a route from that day, because like you said earlier, she lived close to her friend, so it would have been her regular route. Mm-hmm. Um, Pamela also posted places where she went to on the regular so like the shops or, or cafes or anything like that that she went to um, there was just so much information on this site that mm-hmm. was set up and also as well as the Facebook group volunteers, friends, families they made posters with their face on it they put them up all across Clyde Bank and the Kirk and Tillock area which that's where she worked that's where the hairdresser was so mm. she was posted everywhere possible um, and it was within say 24 hours of her disappearing so whilst all of this was going on whilst we were doing the posters and things the police actually followed the route that Paige would have taken that morning so the only facts that we really have at the minute was that she left her friend's house that morning and she didn't show up for work so that's quite a large part that they need to put together what happened in between yeah. So it was confirmed that she definitely left her friend's house and headed for her usual bus stop. And as I mentioned earlier, next to the bus stop, there's a block of five different shops. So they went into the first shop, which was owned by a man named Ashi Ahmed. And he said that he saw her walking past his shop at about 8.15am 
heading towards another shop on this block, which was a deli. I think it was called the Delicious Deli. He said he knew the time as he was making his morning rolls and he makes them the same time every day. So that's how he knew exactly when it was. And as she walked past, he waved and she lifted her hand to wave back. The deli along the road, the Delicious Deli, as you said, is owned by a man named John Latham. And Ashley had said that he'd spoke to John and John said that yeah, she saw her and she was her cheery, bright, usual as always. So it's confirmed that she did make it to the shops. So the police asked all these shops if anyone had CCTV of the outside area of where the bus stop would be. And only one, Ashley Ahmed, actually had CCTV outside. So he handed it over with no problem whatsoever. So they only, the police only requested three hours. So they actually took from 7am till 10am because they knew that that's the time that she'd have been around those shops. There was no point in taking this full day and looking because they're basically trying to find her if she got on the bus or not. So they take this back to the station where they actually received some unfortunate news. So on Monday, March the 21st, a local dog walker phoned and said that he saw human legs under a bush. So the police identified this as a full female body and it was about half a mile from these shops. So obviously the body's been taken away to be identified. In an interview with Paige's mum, she said that the police had told her it looked like a 20-year-old kind of woman, which obviously was giving her doubts because as you'd said earlier, Paige is what, four foot eight? She oh, definitely doesn't look mm-hmm. that doesn't look like a twenty year old woman, do you know? Um but her mum already had a kind of feeling, do you know, that at this time in Clyde Bank there was already another two girls missing. So there was a three in total. One of them had blonde hair and the other two were brunette. But that evening at about half past ten, the other brunette girl actually showed up and arrived home safe. So Paige's mum said she already knew it was Paige and everyone was saying to her like oh you know it could be it could be but she said she just knew and I don't know I've never had to receive news like that but she just had a gut feeling that something wasn't right and this just all kind of added up in her head. On Tuesday the 22nd of March Paige's family go in and confirm that she is the body that has been found. Which must have been rough especially when we start to tell you about the the cause of death and how the body looked. Yeah, I think after yeah after reading the postmortem, I wonder how she was identified. Um, do you want to explain the postmortem? Um, so her her official cause of death was blood loss from stab wounds. So she had over about sixty stab wounds, and over one hundred and fifty total injuries. So this remember she's only four foot eight. Mm this amount That's of insane. injuries and stab wounds and this is over the the amount that I'm telling you now because there's not really you can't just get a, a single figure because as Paige's mum has been saying that she believes the media and the police and things they're not saying the maximum or the true figure of her injuries and her, her stab wounds mm-hmm. so with all these stab wounds and bruises she actually had a hole in the left side of her neck which was like the size of a fist. Huge. And was that a stab wound? So it was kind of like a, a stab wound, but if it was the size of your fist, I would say it's it's more like a chunk has been taken away. Yeah, it's away. like multiple stab wounds. Yeah, and it's kind of just, ugh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it from a knife? It could have been from a knife, but there's actually three separate weapons that believe to have been used. So there was obviously, there was stab wounds, there was knife wounds, there was slashes, there was defence wounds, there was bruises, there was there was a whole lot. However, not all the stab wounds were, you know, the same size, the same, same length, the same shape. So it's believed that there was scissors, a knife and a screwdriver. 
However, that's not been proven. Right. So the person that's done this has never admitted to what was actually it, used. Yeah, and it isn't anywhere in the media. The media never published that it was more than one type of weapon. I read numerous articles and they always said it was like just stab wounds. They never actually said it could have been with three completely different weapons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, her mum, Pamela, she believes it to be way more than just a knife. So obviously after her body was found and identified, this is when this case changed from a missing person case to a murder investigation. And they began looking for obviously the most important thing, which was a suspect. There was quite a few suspects that were looked at, but one of the first ones that came forward was a photo of a boy who went onto social media. And he was quite a young boy. I actually couldn't get his name of him holding a bloody knife, claiming that he had killed Paige. Now, a friend actually called in the police, so a friend that he was close to said that he had FaceTimed this boy and the boy had actually shown him a knife and it had a red substance on it and he said that he had killed Paige. So obviously the police began looking into this. When the FaceTime happened, though, it was four days after the murder, so it's very unlikely that the weapon would still have a red substance on it, especially if he was claiming it was blood. So yeah, they, he had phoned around different girls as well and phoned different pals saying that it was him and him and his friend did it and they gave over graphic details of how they murdered her, what they did with the body, stuff like that. But it basically came out that this was all for attention. He didn't even know Paige, he'd never met her in his life and he basically just wanted to tell people that he had done it and had some sort of involvement. Which, well, that's just a red flag for his future. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like his name should be out because you hear about people like for example one of the most famous cases was when the 9-11 terrorist attack happened people claimed they were in the building or in New York when they weren't and people like to get involved in drama like you know like we're quite bad for that we love drama but <laughs> say even saying that he knew her or that he'd heard her but to say that you are the murderer that like I don't understand why you would say that like you, There's you love in drama and then yeah, being yeah, a murderer. I to kill, yeah, because I feel like, like, what did he hope to get from that? Because if he got enough recognition, then he'd be Some put to jail. jail. Time. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't really understand what this was about, but I just find that so annoying because that's such a waste of police time when they could have actually been looking for a real killer. So this kind of just went away. I actually really, really looked into this and I don't know if he got punished or not. I'd like to hope so, or I the would police hope at so. least... Yeah, even for wasting police time, or if the police can just keep a record of his name, because I feel it's a name that will come up probably again. Yeah, definitely. I hope he got more than just, you know, a slap on the wrist and be like, oh, don't do that again. Like, Yeah, because, you know what I mean? He was just even a if young he was just boy, spreading but... false information, but to say mm-hmm. that you physically murdered somebody, that doesn't sit well sick. with me. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah, if one of my friends had done that, you would be hoping that they'd get some help, but also, you know, in trouble. So after that boy and the fact that he actually didn't do it, the police started questioning all the shop owners, but they were still also waiting for the CCTV to arrive on their systems. So they still hadn't seen from the three hours that they took from Ashi Ahmed. So the police went to the deli to speak with John because they obviously they had been told by Ashi Ahmed that he saw Paige go in there. So, so why wouldn't they go and question John? So they went to the shop. And John said that he didn't even recognise Paige. He has a lot of customers coming and going. Why would he keep track of everyone? However, Paige was a regular. She went in for a role practically all the time. And you know, like, even in a capital city or anywhere, you can go into a shop and no matter if you go in three, four times, you're a regular. You start talking to the people. You just say hello or you remember their faces. 
Yeah, so this... I think as well, especially because she was about to be all over the news as missing, you'd probably go home and be like, oh, she was in my shop I know today. her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Ahmed um, did. Exactly. And he, on- he only waved to her. He wasn't, mm-hmm. She wasn't even in his shop. So he stuck with his story for a couple of hours. But the, que- so, but the questioning went on. And he then admitted to having seen Paige in his shop that morning. So that's kind of your red flag number one. Yeah, because he was so remembered. adamant. Yeah. Oh, so I've been getting questioned and run down for hours. I'm going to just start saying that I saw her. Yeah, exactly. Um, he said that Paige was acting normal. There wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't like she was shouting or, you know, saying to him, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get out of here. It was just a completely normal day. He made her a role. They made small talk and then she left. Yeah, so he was the last person to see her alive and I feel like that's not really... <sighs> Reasoning, excuse yeah, or, or explanation or anything. Yeah. Like, you know, because I looked into the buses as well. So I think the police just decided that she never got on the bus due to where her body was found. But also they said that there was no way of knowing she got on the bus due to CCTV, which the buses in like Clyde Bank and stuff not have CCTV. Well, I think they do. Um, well, I know that our buses do. Yeah, so just but, like and the way I'm they guessing kind of in Clyde Bank it would be a first bus. Or a yeah, and just the way they said something. they had no way of knowing. Uh-huh. Um, I guess maybe it would be, a, if they did have CCTV, it would be a lot of CCTV to go through, or maybe it's only valid yeah. for, like, 24 hours. So, like, you mentioned, obviously, they took three hours of Ashi Ahmed's, but thankfully he had that. But mm-hmm. the, the camera systems that most people have, it's just a 12-day footage, and then mm. every 12 days it, it completely get scrapped and then a new 12 days start so maybe mm-hmm. there's something like that on the bus I, I don't know though I don't have any facts to right to yeah because I just wasn't sure because just when I'd read that they they were unable to get and get they, they weren't sure if she got the bus or not I was like oh because obviously on our buses we have that joyful camera that actually just zooms into your face <laughs> yes when you're sitting <laughs> on the top deck so that's why I was like oh maybe they've got that like, there's nothing worse than sitting in the morning the next minute you just keep appearing on the screen it's but... awful yeah, I was just like, oh, maybe they've got that. But I that's one thing sure. I don't miss with lockdown and not getting buses every day. Yeah, <laughs> seeing me on the bus. <laughs> so the police finally they managed to watch the CCTV footage, um, and they saw Paige enter the deli. So this was around eight twenty one a.m. that morning. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is all adding up. Yeah, obviously. the signs are right. However, you would think that you'd see her come out. Not that long after, you're only going in for a, a breakfast oh, roll, a bacon roll, yeah, a bacon roll, and maybe a coffee. I don't know, but the maximum you'd stay in, I'd say, complete maximum would be like 15 minutes because you'd be having a chat, or you know, like me, oh. you'd probably spill the coffee everywhere and you'd make a mess. Yeah, I know, like, like yeah, we like going into the shops for a coffee, but if I'm in Greg's for longer than five minutes, get me out. Oh yeah, it's stressful. You're just like, no, I need to go and eat my roll. Leave yeah, me alone. Leave, let me go eat my roll. <laughs> yeah. However. Two hours had passed. Three hours had passed. She wasn't out. She had right. not left. There was no sign of her. So flag. this is maybe your second or third red flag when it comes to John. I'll mm-hmm. let you be the judge of that. So the police, because of this, they went back to Ashi Ahmed and they asked for the whole 12-day footage, which is completely acceptable. And he seems like a really great guy. He was giving them their footage that he was being helpful. Yeah. You know, he wasn't he wasn't stalling the case or making up excuses like John. But... Yeah, it's crazy how we have to say he seems like a great guy when actually he's just being a decent human being. Yes, that's very true. But compared true. to John, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, maybe anyone's a decent human being. But, compared you know... <laughs> Mm. Um, so this footage 
well, the police, obviously, they, they had everybody, not everybody, I mean, all the police. Mm-hmm. They were watching it. They had different teams. They were checking out different slots of the... They, they had 12 days to really go on. Obviously, they were mainly focusing on the day that she, she disappeared. Yeah. So this footage, it didn't play well for John, I would say. No. So some of the CCTV was actually released to the public, and I've actually watched some of it. I think you've watched it as well, Sam. Yeah. And the breakdown all kind of starts from about 10am so at 10am John is actually seen running out of the deli to the shop next door to buy stuff and then back into the deli so one of the witnesses that was actually in the area at the time said that the deli shutters were down and it was actually closed which that's another red flag to me like this is his business this is his income why is he shut and at that time in the morning when everybody goes yeah it's like 10am yeah so he's obviously shut before then so why is it shut but Fine. So the police obviously go to this other shop and find out what he bought. And he bought three items. He bought bleach, antibacterial wipes and bin bags. I'm sure that's about red flag number five. <laughs> yeah. Um, at 10.03am, he's actually seen going into his car, opening up the boot and clearing a space to put something in. The next piece of footage is actually not being shown to the public. I think only the police and Paige's family have actually seen this, which... I totally respect because oh, yeah. what I'm about to read, like, I would not like that if it was my family member plastered all over the news in the media. But he then walks out of his deli with a bin bag, a full bin bag, and put this into the boot of his car and shuts the boot of his car. The next bit of footage that's then released is about 11.59am. John goes to his car and drives away. Um, so, yet again, though, we're now at lunchtime and you've shut the deli. Like, what, yeah, what, where is he getting his business? Does like, why would you do that? That's your whole, yeah, that's your whole family business. So obviously, the police are like, what is he doing? Like, why is he shut this? Where, what is this black bag? Where is it going? Like, in the local area, they actually have, like, bins out the back, obviously, as you do in shops. And people are paid to empty those bins for you. So why can't you put it in the back? What, what has happened in the middle of your day that you've shut down your shop and you've had to dispose of this rubbish bag and only you can dispose of it? I'd love to play devil's advocate and say it was a load that he needed to take to the dump, you know? But, but like, as I'm saying, you Sam, can't do that, massive... not at that time of day. Yeah, and he also had those, it's one bin bag, and also, as I say to you, Sam, he had, he had those bins out the back that the rest of the shopkeepers get, like, yeah, collected for them. And I'm guessing that he's, he's been using them all this time that he's had his business, so... Yeah, why like, now? I feel like, why now? shut the deli on a Monday or something and do your rubbish day. But, like, also, how much rubbish is he, like, how much rubbish is built up that he needs to then take it out right now? One bag. Exactly. So obviously, you're feeling suspicious, I'm feeling suspicious, flags are waving, and finally, I think the police are in agreement with us, because they're obviously so confused. So by Thursday the 24th of March, he is actually officially arrested, as they have a bit more than suspicion now. They've got nearly evidence. They don't have any physical evidence, but uh, come on. So, do you know, that's when he's officially arrested. Less than a week after Paige has gone missing, they have a suspect in custody. Now, John, we don't actually... I just want to give you a bit of a briefing on who John was. So John was 31 years old and he was a father of two. One of these was a baby who was currently living with the mother. And then he also had a nine-year-old daughter from a previous relationship who was actually called Paige. Now, he seemed like, you know, seeing photos of him, he's your run-of-the-mill guy. Like, he's not a person that stands out in a crowd. And, you know, all the character kind of stuff I've read about him, he seems very, very normal. However, 
he does that thing that I hate and it's so so common but it just it's one of those things that just makes my blood run cold he features on the local news as a person who was worried for Paige's disappearance so he's one of those people that likes to appear and you know they're like he's seen shaking her granddad's hand and speaking directly to her family and he's on the news being like wow we're so shocked as a community that this has happened like hopefully Paige can come home the one that honestly makes me is he goes over to Paige's mum and offers her mum to his house to talk about Paige. But and obviously her mum's like, what? Her mum's like, no, yeah. like you're the local daily, daily like, man. What? But like, do you know what I mean? Why, if you didn't even know who Paige was, why are you offering her mum to come to your house to talk about her disappearance? Like, but like, no. you hear of that, it's so, so common. There's so many cases that you read and it's like, do you know, like the Tia Sharp case, like, they're right in the centre of it all and they're, they're just, loving every they're, second yeah of and it. it's like they're it's that thing isn't it where they're like they're so proud at the mess that oh they i'm have not caused. getting caught yet you know it's like exactly oh, and I'm it's great. just like and it's that hidden in plain sight like he was <laughs> there the whole time and while you know obviously he eventually did get caught for it but he was he was just there all the time so and not a lot of info has been released regarding the police questioning but we know at first he stuck to his story completely denied this and Two days later, I actually went to a private court hearing and he made no plea, which I didn't know was a thing. I thought you could plead Me guilty neither. or not guilty. Thought, he just yeah. pled nothing, which I was like, okay. How um, can you do that? It's like, what What are you pleading plead nothing to? Yeah. You like, know, did, would you not just plead did you do not guilty? Or did you not? Yeah. yeah. So I think obviously his lawyers maybe told him, just don't say anything. Because yeah. he's probably going to say something that would harm himself in court. And Absolutely. this guy seems to be, you know what I mean, he's already all over the news and saying he didn't know her than he did know her. So I think the lawyer was probably like, go and just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, please just um, shut your mouth this way. Yeah, just for, just for this, go and dot, dot. But then six months later, so the 5th of September 2016, he appears in court and he pleads guilty to the murder. Oh, he pleads guilty? Yeah, he pleads guilty right. to murdering Paige Doherty. Mm-hmm. Um. However, his reason for killing her. Do you so, want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's it this the reasoning behind him murdering Paige is just I wanna say not good enough. Like it just it no. doesn't add up. It's a bit rubbish. Like I know that obviously it's September two thousand and sixteen, so it is only six months after the murder. You'd think he's pleaded guilty, he'd be able to think of a reason, a much better reason within this six months you know or just agree to the world that he did it because he's not a nice guy anyway so Uh, yeah i think the i think his story is like an insult to the family so his his reasoning was it was just a normal morning they were making small talk she was the only person in the shop so obviously when you're just the only person there you kind of do make small talk with the with the person behind the till more than you would if yeah. you, there was quite a lot of people in there. Um, mm-hmm. So he was just making her a role. They were, it was small talk. And then they got onto the subject of her Saturday job in the hairdressers. So he is saying that during this talk about her job, she wasn't enjoying her job. She was looking for another job. And she said this job had to be in his deli. He, she would just love to work right. there. Which, like, there's nothing wrong with working in a deli. Like, there's that's an I'd absolute fine job. I'd end up getting so job. fat if I worked in a deli. I'd be eating all the sandwiches. Yeah, which is the thing. Do you know, it's a, it's a fine job. But she works in a hairdresser. She wants to be a hairdresser. So I don't understand. Yeah, 
she, and she, she loved was, her job. <laughs> she loved it. She loved makeup. She loved hairdressing. She wanted to be in that sort of industry when she was older. So mm-hmm. for her wanting that, to then be like, actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to work in your deli, John. Um, yeah, no, it just doesn't add up. Like me personally speaking, change. I would rather work in the deli, but we're completely different people. Yeah. Um, no, so John's like, oh, that's great, Paige. Why don't you come into the back of my shop? You can fill out some paperwork. And then once you've done that, pop off to work. And then I can interview you later or I can let you know that, yeah, you've got the job. And she's like, oh, this is great. So she goes into the back of his shop, starts filling out the paper. Right. And John sees that she's only 15 years old. And he turns around and says to her that he can't offer her a job because she is only 15. Which I understand that tiny part of the story because it is really hard to kind of get a job nowadays when you're under the age of 16. I definitely found it hard. I I did have some. I had a paper and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. a lot of employers can't employ people under the age of 16 because they don't have, you know, a national insurance number and and all the the legalities to it. So... Mm -hmm. So then apparently, because John says that he can't offer Paige a job, she gets very angry. And he, she says to John that if you don't give me this job, I will go about and I will tell everyone that you touched me inappropriately. This isn't her dream job. And even if it was her dream job, no one, like, you would not believe that this normal 15-year-old girl would threaten a person that much just to get a mm-hmm. job. So this gets John really angry. He, mm-hmm. he, how could someone do that to him? And this is also the fact that John's brother is on the sex offenders register already because he violently raped a woman and, and he got charged for it. Okay. So Good. because John's brother is a sex offenders register, this has ruined his brother's life. According to John, he can't get jobs or if he does have a job and they find out that he's on the register, they fire him. You know, he just he just has no way of life anymore. So this is like, it gets John thinking. He's like, well, you can't do that. I'll end up like my brother. I don't want to end up like my brother. So instead of being reasonable or if even if Paige had even said this, you know, mm-hmm. he grabs a knife and starts to stab her. But wow. Okay. I feel that's like yeah. That's quite a jump. It's a it's a crazy reasoning for for murdering someone, and and you have no right to murder someone, even on that ground. Even if someone did threaten you to say, "Look, mate, I'm gonna tell everyone that you touched me inappropriately." However, because like with this story getting out, no one believes it. You know, like her friends, her family, her mum. She she does not believe in John's story. I don't even think mm-hmm. the police the police would believe it. And yeah, I just I feel like that's so far fetched, and also like even if she had said that about him, which I don't think she did, like you know everyone said that she's not that kind of person. There was nothing to prove that he did. Do you know what I mean? Also, he he said earlier he had CCTV inside his shop, so he actually has CCTV in his deli. Which sorry, I forgot to mention earlier, it was actually looked at by the police. Um, however mysteriously the hours that she was in the shop had gone missing of course um, but also he had CCTV in the shop so all you'd have to do was show the police the CCTV and be like no I didn't yeah exactly you know you, you he had it's an evidence. easy fix exactly he, he did not need to murder her because of this so with this nobody obviously believed him a date was then set 
for October 2016 to, to properly sentence John. And in this couple of weeks between the September date and October date, some rumours began emerging. And, you know, all of these, I just like to confirm, are completely rumours. There's no logic behind them in my eyes. And obviously there's no sources. It's just things that people began seeing, which, as we said earlier, people like drama. People like to get involved in things. People like to kind of make things more exciting when they start to calm down. So some of the rumours began in these few weeks that actually there was more to the murder than what people thought. And the main one was that John and Paige were having an affair. Now, John's a 31-year-old man. He's got two kids. He's with somebody. Paige is a 15-year-old girl. She's got a boyfriend. And this all came around. In fact, this rumour spread so far to say that Paige was actually pregnant with his baby when she was murdered. However, this was discounted pretty quickly as it is an autopsy. And obviously, it would have been released then to at least her family even that she was pregnant. However, this has never been mentioned and was never proven. Also, the affair, there is absolutely no evidence of it. Obviously, when they found Paige's body, they went through her phone records, her talking text, email, all her social media, and there is none of him on any of it. So, unless this affair was her going into his belly once a day and they spoke over the counter, I don't think it even justifies to be classed as an affair. So, these were buried pretty quickly and people just, you know, her mum even said that, people just like to talk and people just want to make something exciting. The trial, the sentencing went ahead in October and on October 2016 he was sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum of 27 years. The weapons have actually never been found and he's never told police where they were and I think in this case some more information did come out such as, I think it was, I can't, my source for this isn't 100% guaranteed but I think it is true that he actually, when we see him in that footage on the Saturday of taking the bin bag home, it was said that he actually put it in his shed and continued to have a normal weekend with his family and then on the Monday proceeded to dump her body. So I feel like life imprisonment is a definitely a justifiable and well-deserved sentence for this case. However, two months later, he actually has the nerve to appeal his sentence. So in December 2016, Paige hasn't even been dead a year yet. He decides to appeal the sentence. And a, like he says that his sentence was excessive and it should be reduced. And for some reason, which I just don't understand, the court actually agreed. They agreed? Yeah, yeah it is excessive. You've killed a 15-year-old <laughs> girl. And they reduced it to a minimum of 23 years. So they actually knocked four years off his sentence, which I'm just not 100% why? sure why. And to be honest, it's, it's Britain. He's not even mm-hmm. going to serve 27 or 23 years. You know, no. we have such a relaxed system on letting people out that... Yeah. Well, for example, if they said that was excessive and they, they agreed to changing it, like, wow. Yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, there's just a couple of things I want to speak about, which is a bit more positive, um, which is hard in a case like this. But it's kind of just about remembering Paige and the kind of legacy that lives on. So in an interview with her mum, they said that she's actually trying to complete Paige's bucket list. So she had a thing of like, um, she had a list, which I know a lot of people do, of things she wanted to achieve. And they've actually, they're going to try and achieve everything they can, which... I think they went to America on holiday. I think they went to New York. And mm-hmm. um, something that actually like really made my heart hurt was um, every year on Paige's birthday and Christmas, they actually buy gifts for her. So they buy things that Paige would have wanted or Paige would have liked. And they then donate these gifts to different charities. Which I think is absolutely great. Like I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's so great. A lot of grieving families and stuff, they do still buy things for their their lost ones and things. But the fact that Mm -hmm. they give them to charity, it's just Mm -hmm. amazing. And Mm -hmm. speaking of charity as well, they set set up a charity. Her Mm mum set one up and it's called Paige's Promise. Just in in Paige's memory. And 
They teach children self-defence. They support families whose children have been victims of murder or even if it's just been unexpected deaths. They they provide mm-hmm. counselling for so many people. It's I know that this death has been awful, but the fact some good has come out of it, if that yeah, could be no, said. Yeah, definitely. Do you know, you hear about people that can either completely crash and I feel like they've used to try and help other people, which is fantastic. And it's so lovely to hear that. Uh, yeah, I've actually linked the Facebook page for Pages Promise. They don't actually have a website, but I have just popped a wee link in the blurb to go and have a look at the Facebook page and just to see what they do. Do you know if it's something that anybody listening to this needs or something they'd just be interested in help with? I think it's something we should all have a look at. So I think this is a really nice way for her memory to live on. And hopefully the name Paige Doherty is not a name we forget anytime soon. <laughs>